Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, Podcast World, welcome to another really interesting, yeah. enjoyable, speak in our language claims episode of FNO InsureTech. I'm Rob Beller. He's Lee Boyd. We are your hosts once again. That's right. Kind of whether you want us to be or not. I guess if you don't want us to be, you're not listening to this sometimes, right now anyways. Sometimes there's a guest host. Sometimes a, a really like, stranger. Like how often does that happen? Well, Matt P came on the other day. Matt P, Matt P was here. That was that was a lot of fun. It was so fun every work. every two years. There's a guest host. You know what was surprising about Matt P is he was kind of into it. He was well, he was good at it. He knows his stuff. He, he is a me, professional. He made me think. Hmm. I wonder if I should evaluate my co-host. Well, maybe you should look in the mirror. Did he make you, you know look what? in the mirror? You, you should probably may- just assume the other person's wrong. You know what you maybe look we should yourself. do? You know what maybe you and I should do? Maybe we should do a um, an eval on each other. Mm-hmm. No, what I'm do you not going to do that. I like think a, that's a terrible idea. No, it's a great idea because how else are we going to grow? No, you're only thinking about it because you want to tell me bad things. You're not thinking about the bad things I'm going to tell you. Well, you won't tell me bad things because I know you. That's not that's not in your that's not in your 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 person. Where's my pen? You tell you tell me how wonderful I am and how wonderful it is to work Mm -hmm. with me and all this other stuff. I do have one thing I want to tell you. I would go on and I'd have a list for you. I do want to tell you one thing on our last intro. Uh, you, you gave me a real hard time about wearing an undershirt and, <laughs> and I, I thought about that and I decided I'm going to go a week without an undershirt. So, so I have gone an entire week without wearing a undershirt. Now, Today's I've worn seven my, days. Today's yeah. seven days. Yeah. It was okay. Wednesday of last week that we recorded and we're recording today, okay. Wednesday. I don't have an undershirt on and, and I just wanted to let you know. It's a it's a thrilling time. I've I've enjoyed not having my undershirt. So I apologize for giving you a hard time. It's it's been very enjoyable. So in other so. words, in full transparency, no mm-hmm. pun intended, mm-hmm. you like it. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not gonna wear one because okay. yesterday it was about ninety-four degrees and in my office garage it was about 120. I could have used the undershirt to absorb the sweat. Um but at the same time, it was a nice, it was a nice free feeling. So uh, I kind of feel like I'm going to play golf every day. I don't wear an undershirt when I golf, and I kind of feel like I'm preparing for golf. So Rob, I just want to say I'm, I was wrong, and wow. uh, and I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. So you, wow. you you changed my life for this past week. So this is kind of FNO and SureTech pull back the curtain time. Mm-hmm. I think we to, yeah to we've been get, going there a while to get deep into the nature of the relationship between Lee and I. Yeah, we're there. We're there. We're, I think we're there. Yeah. Then next week, I'll tell you all the ways that, that you're a bad host. <laughs> you never do that. No, you never I'm, do not, that. I'm not going to do that. In I fact, don't even I, think it. I, I asked my boss, uh, Randy Thornton, yeah, who, who you work him. very closely with as well. One of our favorite people. Is that fair to say? I would say one of my very favorite people. Okay. One of a our mentor. favorite people. A mentor. I asked, I asked Randy, I, I want you to give me a personnel review. I want you to do it on me. 
right? Yeah. Give I want I want to hear good and bad, right? Yeah. And he did. Okay. And it was really all good. Oh. And I so, said, so no, man. I said, no, that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you you and I both know there's no way. There's got to be some negative in there somewhere. There's got to be. In your heart of hearts, you know that. Got to be. No, Rob, you are a, you're a delight. You're a delight. So if you mostly positive. If I was, so I think on our next episode, we need to Mm -hmm. be prepared for, with, with, uh, what do they call them? PPRs? What do they call them? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, 360 reviews. Okay. But really, really, you also got to get reviewed by Alicia, and Alicia's, you know, it's got to oh, go no. up no, and no, down. No, 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 that's not no. happening. You don't want uh-uh. a review from no, Alicia? No, I, I wouldn't be. No, I'd be crying. That'd I'd be, be a crying. few. No, yeah, there'd be tears. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a she'd fun be, time. She'd be way too hard on me. Well, it's anonymous. You don't know who's doing it, so you know there's only four no, but of I us. I would know Alicia's. <laughs> I would. I would know Alicia's. There's things only Alicia knows. That's right. Uh huh. Anyways, um, this has nothing to do with our host today, no, or our guest our, today. What are we? What are Actually, we, it uh, does. It has a lot to do with our guest, and you want to know why? I do. We have Gina Reyes, yeah. the vice president of Claims It Openly, and and we're having Gina on because we're super excited about talking with somebody who's got to be, who who has had the opportunity to be the founder, basically, of a claims department in an insure tech. Yeah. And that's what she's going to do. I mean, she comes in and she's got to learn, how do I build a culture? How do I build the work, the workforce? How do I build the workflows? What do I want to take from past experiences? What do I want to build? It's, um, it's, it's going to be a great conversation. She's been around uh, claims for a long time. And, and it, 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 I think it'll be a great conversation. Third time got, openly has been on. I, I, and I got to tell you, super impressed. Very impressed. Um, Very and, impressed. And I'm sure all you will be too. So listen to this. Uh, Gina's delightful and uh, and smart and clever. And so- um, Hey, one more thing. We want to wish Gina a happy two-year anniversary at Openly. And birthday. And, and birthday vacation. But today, the day we're recording it, yes. it's her actual two-year anniversary. Yeah. It was just meant to be. It was meant to be. So, and we invited her back. Every year on her anniversary. That's right. Yeah. What the heck? What, what the, the heck? heck? Why not? We we decide who comes on the show. She can say no, but we can we, invite. We decide. We her, we make we put out the invitations. Yeah, it's, it's her choice to turn us down. That's right. That's right. How often do we get turned down, Lee? Not often. Not often. Not it's often. wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. But why don't we stop jibber jabbering? Well, let's stop jibber jabbering and go to our interview with Gina Reyes, Vice President of Claims at Openly. Hey, everybody. We're here with our guest, a special guest coming to us today from Orlando, Florida, Orlando, Florida. Orlando. And you would know that if you could if you could see Gina, you would you would see that she has a green flamingo behind her, which mm-hmm. is the sure indication that she's in Florida. Yep. Yeah. And, a beach. And, beach. and we we have the vice president of claims at Openly, Gina Reyes with us on the podcast. Welcome to our show. Welcome, Gina. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. It's exciting to have you. We've we've already, before we started recording today, we've already covered all kinds of topics. I don't know what's left to talk about. That's true. <laughs> Let's just see what can happen. We'll see where we can go. So you are Vice President of Claims at Openly. You are the 
you are the inaugural vice president of claims. Is that correct? That is correct. So you were brought in to build a claim department where there was none. Correct. There was none. (laughs) That's really cool. We're going to talk all about that today, but, but I want to start by you telling us um, and our audience what the heck is openly and just a little bit about the company. Great. Openly is an insurance company. We sell only homeowners insurance right now. We're in 21 states. We consider ourselves a premium insurance company, premium policy that we sell. We have some additional coverages that other carriers typically don't have. It's kind of a cool story. You know, our founders came from the industry. Um, One was an actuarial and always saw, wow, you know, we constantly are putting band-aids on policies and the policies are so confusing. So what if we just stripped it down and made it easy? And so that's really kind of our focus is just simplicity and just being very open and honest with our customers and our agents that we, that sell our policies and, and just not really having a lot of, well, this endorsement and this exclusion and this, and then, oh no, in 20 years ago, we added this endorsement to the policy. So, and that's kind of what happens in the legacy world. Mm -hmm, Um, Sure just, you got to keep adapting, right? So we've adapted early and kind of built a pretty, I would almost say superior policy, really great coverage, but we target the middle market more. Um, So I think pretty much homes range from about 400,000 to 2.5 to 3 million. So we have a higher end client than some of the other companies but we're not a high net worth company. So we're that middle kind of bridge group between your big carriers and then, you know, your chubs and your peers and vault and Mm -hmm. stuff. Are there any states along the coast or where are these 21 states? Are they just spread out? Yeah, primarily we're Midwest right now. I mean, we've been growing. I've been here. Matter of fact, today's my two year anniversary with Openly. Happy two years. Congratulations. When I started, we had five or six states, and now we're in 21. So primarily, we started in Illinois, went to Arizona, and we're we're in that Midwest, like Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois. And then we have Tennessee and Kentucky are big, big states for us. Um, and we're in Mississippi, Alabama, mm-hmm. a little bit out West. We're in Oregon, Arizona, New Mexico, and then we have some New England and like Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Um, okay. Spread around. When, when are you Not- getting to California? That's what we want to know. <laughs> uh, it's not on the roadmap today. Uh, okay. Neither is Florida. Okay. For wow. really obvious reasons. Um, yeah, you want to stay in the middle, right? Right. We do have... You know, so we have a little bit of coastal with Alabama, Mississippi, and we are in South Carolina. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So we very limited hurricane exposure right now. Um, That's good. Yeah. So whenever you're growing, you've been there two years, started with around five states when you got there. You've added a lot of states to the program. You know, what What does it take to prepare for a new state coming on whenever you're running a, a claims department? Claims is easy. We just need to make sure we're licensed and have staff. It's the other part of the company that's really working with the the Department of Insurance and all the regulatory 
all the regulatory filings, the, the technology, building our technology for that state now. And uh-huh. yeah. so, yeah, from a claims perspective, you know, a claims a claim, our policy doesn't change from state to state. So I just need the staff. So we're constantly redoing our forecasting as we grow and change and to see what kind of staffing that I need. And that makes sense. I have, yeah. I haven't stopped hiring since the day I started. So we're just, my, my leadership team, it just spends hours every week interviewing people for adjuster roles. And how many people are, are on the uh, claims team? So today I have 56. Oh, wow. How many, how many, two years ago? Two. Okay. There that was is some big sorry, growth. There's three of us three. two years ago. That's some um, big growth in two so years. So maybe you were using a TPA initially? Correct. There was a transitioned TPA. away from that. Yep. So we sold our first policy in Q4 2019. We got our first claim in January 2020. The first year and three quarters, we used a TPA. So that after that first year, that's when I was hired on to build a claims organization. So I started in April 2021 and October 1st, 2021, we took our first claim and pretty much have been handling almost 100 percent of all the claims internally since then. Um, we get spikes. You know, we have March has been a quite a month. Yeah, for the you're, claims you're, world. Having, you're getting knocked around this month, huh? <laughs> we are getting, I mean, we're big in Kentucky and Tennessee. Said, and right. so it's, we, we're definitely breaking records. We broke yeah. a lot of records for us sure. in March, but sure. even with that, we still only had to outsource 25% of our claims okay. to, oh, wow. to one of our IA partners um, mm-hmm. to help us. Is that handling claims at the desk and at the field or are you outsourcing field? Outsourcing field. So this Got is it. this is one of the reasons why we wanted to come to openly and just kind of start from scratch is that, you know, over the years, you see how we can really the technology evolving and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, that's really cool. We, we Do you really need to go out and inspect claims at an adjuster level anymore? There's so yeah. many alternatives. And so just kind of paying attention to what was going on in the industry and thinking about it, I was like, I don't think that I need to send field adjusters out on very many claims. And all of my staff is desk, our desk adjusters, hundred percent remote spread across the U S. So we're covering all the time zones. We outsource any field inspections, but we're from a field adjuster perspective. We probably inspect 15% or less. We really leverage technology and there's so many great insure tech companies out there right now. And we leverage our contractor networks and, um, yeah. And some of the uh, alternative inspections like drones using like a Hancock or seek now to do an inspection. Then my, my adjusters make the coverage determination and write the estimate and settle the claim with the customer. So we just send someone out to be the eyes for us, but we're really controlling that file and taking care of the customer. So are you finding that in a, in a, org like that, that you're building, that the key to it is who's sitting at the desk is it that, that all the technology is important and and all that stuff. But if you're going to, if you're going to run 80 plus percent at the desk, then it just, 
as you were saying that, it seems to me that's your that's your key piece. Exactly. I hire we hire only experienced adjusters. The tenure, I, I have 30 adjusters right now, but okay. an average tenure of almost 20 years. Whoa. Oh wow. Yeah. Many have over 25, but we've hired a few with like five or less just to see how they work and they're doing really well. Um, but I, I have some extremely extreme experience on my team. Um, my leaders have 22 average tenure of 22 years as well. And every single one of us were adjusters at some point in our career. So we've all done the work. Um, but it's hundred percent. We are, you know, we are an insurance company. We are tech enabled and we like to utilize technology to assist us and build efficiency and um, reduce expenses. But we, I have zero intention of getting rid of the adjuster. So they know what they're doing. They know how to control a file. They know how to help a customer. They know how to really, they know the questions that customers are going to ask and educate. They're able to educate them before the customer even needs to ask the question. And we get a lot of comments in our customers in our NPS surveys, really talking about how much the adjuster helped them and educated them and walked them through every step. And we're finding that the customers, the openly customers are, they are a little different than the customers we were used to in the larger companies. Um, their homes, they don't want to check. Like we never, we rarely just cash out a customer write a check, go do an estimate. They want their repairs done. They want help finding contractors. They want mm -hmm. to completely understand the entire process mm -hmm. and know what to do to prevent losses in the future. So it's really paid off hiring highly experienced people. Yes, I pay more, but yeah. they're worth every bit of it. You know, well, we're saving elsewhere. You can pay now or you can pay later. Exactly. In the claims business. I mean, we know from you know, being field resources for so many years that the same claim with a resource who's experienced can be an entirely different experience, both uh, emotionally and financially, than if you send somebody who is just starting. And that's no knock on it. That's no knock yeah. on somebody new, but but experience matters tremendously. Yeah, right. right. In, in the claims business, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I'm interested. So you have these, I'm going to, I'm going to only call them this because I am one. You, you have these old timers at the desk. Is there pushback <laughs> from those? I mean, do they know what they're signing up for when they come in, yeah. right? That this is, we're, we're approaching this from a new way. What, whatever maybe method you've been in previously is probably not the method that they're coming into. The The workflow yeah. is probably different. How's that gone? What's that? Is, has that been challenging? Um, we learned early that I would not say it's challenging as far as pushing back. They all know what they're getting into and they're excited about that and why they wanted to come to this company. But um, some of us older folks, myself included, take a little longer to get up to speed on the technology. So we learned early that we need to really focus on training on the technology and getting people comfortable and really, um, you know, someone's coming in with 25, 30 years experience. 
you would think you can just dump a bunch of claims on them and they'll be fine. But we learned that let's piecemeal it. Let's really pace them out and control and give them that support early on. So they get very comfortable with the technology and then having that process. And it's only like two to four weeks of really kind of spoon feeding them the claims. Um, once they get, once they get comfortable with the technology, they soar and it's just been really great to watch, but we're very cognizant that this is different than where most of our people came from and that we want to make sure we provide the right support for them to get up to speed and not just overwhelm them. Um, but they really don't resist the technology itself. It's just the learning curve is a little longer. Yeah. Speaking of uh, technology, we interviewed Chris Bacon uh, last year, and he was talking about using Hosta Labs as one of the softwares to to kind of help and enable at the desk. Is that a, is that a system you're still using? And if so, how's it going? Absolutely, we love Hosta, and and this is they were one of our first vendors we picked and partnered with. Um, and so it's been a partnership from the beginning. We help each other out. We're both startups. So we've mm-hmm. really been growing together. Um, we have a great relationship. The adjust, it's very easy to use. Customers embrace it. They're using it. No problem. Because the customer has to take the photos. They use a link. They take the photos of the room. And then it uploads a beautiful uh, diagram of the room with all the measurements. They're yeah. starting to identify materials. Hopefully soon they're going to be writing small estimates, identifying the damage and and writing small estimates, they're integrated with our estimating system, which is CoreLogic. So it's super easy for our adjusters. It's super easy for the customer. Um, We do a lot of their beta testing for them and we help them. We give them a lot of feedback so they can keep um, developing. So it's just been a really great relationship. And our, we've been looking at our vendor, our results on our vent with different vendors and tools we use of where the NPS stands. And we're like over 80 NPS for claims with Hosta. That's amazing. Where is Hosta being used at in, in your org? Is it more at the FNOL or is it after you get it to a desk adjuster and the desk adjuster talks to the insured? The desk adjuster talks to the insurers and says, well, you know, you know, it's an option. Hey, we can do this inspection. It's a DIY essentially, um, no one has to come to your home. You can do it at any time of the day. You don't have to take off a of work to do this. And then you just upload it. And so um, we're using it for interior only right now. I mean, that's all they do is interior. Right, only. right. Um, but we use it quite a bit. And do you use hover for external? We do. Uh-huh. Are you yep. are you enjoying similar kind of uh, results there? Yes. A lot of times we use a vendor to go out and do the, mm-hmm. cause we don't want a customer getting on the roof. Right. However, it does work from the ground as well. Right. And through these storms this past month, we've really had more customers willing, you know, we've asked more customers to do the mm-hmm. hover themselves and we've been able to get claims closed really quickly. That's um, great. And some of the smaller ones that they already have a contractor or something like that. So back to Hosta. First out, yeah. first of all, shout out to Henriette. I mean, and, and, and Rachelle. I mean, what a yeah, um, what a dynamic duo. 
Yeah, amazing team. They're yeah. so smart. Yeah. So, so smart. Yeah. I mean, I just can't get past it. They are so smart. Yeah. Yes. You don't get a lot of founders who in insurance who are PhDs from MIT. Mm-hmm. Not every day. But right. um, uh, so your customers are finding it to be super easy to use. Yes. And it's giving you the data that you need to not only to uh, create an estimate, but to, to settle the claim. Correct. That's fabulous. Absolutely. It's amazing. And it's, I mean, again, they're integrated with our estimating system. So Mm -hmm. it just comes through and it's, I mean, remember the days like, yeah. (laughs) My clipboard. Right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Drawing it all out. Mm -hmm. I'll be here for three hours measuring this roof, you know, so incredible. But it's a tool like that that helps get you to your 80 plus percent. Yep. Absolutely. At the desk. Yep. And, and your customers and your customer response to it is positive and not just hostile, but to your, to your, to your process, to your workflow. Yeah, yeah very much. So, you know, we have, there's so many ways, different ways to inspect a home now, whether it's a photo, doing a FaceTime with a customer send them a link to a hostel or a hover, um, just sending, you know, inspectors only out, you know, so they can just be the eyes for us. There's, we, we even use drones, you know, there's so many ways and we kind of pride ourselves on being, we call it an omnipresence. So we give, we meet the customer where they want to be met. Like, what are you comfortable with? And we learn that from them. And that's what our the adjuster's role is to really figure out where the customer's comfort level and what kind of support they need, and then um, that's and wonderful. Then we determine how we're going to inspect their loss. I mean, you must be very pleasantly surprised, right? I mean, you're a veteran. You've you, yeah. you, you were many years at one of the top three. Can we say their name? Sure. Three. Why not? You were many years at Liberty and, and Allstate and and and, and, and yeah. Allstate. So you've worked for giants. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of, and giants have all kinds of preconceived notions about how it works and what people are like. And here you come along and with an empty pot and you're pouring different concoctions into it and stirring it up. I mean, are you pleasantly surprised by this? Yeah, I, very much so. I, I mean, I came in going, okay, probably we'll need to inspect I think we can do, you know, 70, 75% without a field inspection. And here we are, you know, depending on the type of loss, but in general, we're under 15%. Customers are happier. My MPS is much better than where it was previous, you know, um, and we're controlling losses. I mean, our severity, our severity is a little higher than I thought because of the type of homes we have very most of them are custom built yeah. homes and yeah. the cabinets are out of control. Um, but, yeah. but it's, we're definitely controlling our losses, but taking care of the customer at the same time and not, you know, not, we're not bleeding money. We're, we're paying what we owe and we're doing it in a very respectful and timely manner with the customer. Fast. Yes. I mean, is that what one of the things that these tools must be enabling is you can go quick speed? Yes, we we can do a lot quickly and we're very responsive. Like as soon as a claim comes in, unless it's March 2023, 
we're contacting the customer typically within four hours. They'll hear from their adjuster. But it's funny, our cycle time's a little longer than we expected because we don't get small losses. Like we don't have petty theft claims. We don't, Mm -hmm. it's just, we don't get small losses with our customers and our customers often want the repairs done before we close the claim and settle with them or send out. So we respond quickly to them and we educate them quickly and we are very proactive. But if you looked at our cycle time, you would think, wow, that's not very good compared to like where we came from. But Mm -hmm. that's not the impact on, on the customer. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what the customer wants. Mm I am I am curious on the relationship you get to have in this more nimble startup, right? Openly, the the relationship that you might have with the underwriting and sales side, because as a designer of different claims uh, workflows myself, I've always thought, hey, if we could just set this expectation at the beginning that hey, we're going to have inspection free claims. And, and set that expectation early. Or if we could just get a little bit more information on the underwriting, maybe a, a interior diagram or understand if it's drywall or plaster, if we can just get a little more. Is that something that you're able to do at Openly? Are you able to get a little bit more or ask to set these expectations earlier? We haven't done any expectation setting other than like what we put on the website and mm-hmm. We have an agency onboarding. You know, we only sell through the independent agency channel. So we have an agency onboarding training program. And there's a little bit about claims in there as well. Um, And we talk about just trying to meet the customer where they're at and satisfy their needs and make them comfortable. But we haven't really set expectations up front, but that's a good point. Um, but we work very closely. I mean, being a growing company, we're constantly iterating on all ends yeah. <laughs> and continuous improvement. So uh, not just myself, but my leaders and even my adjusters, we meet regularly with our insurance product team, with our underwriting team. I know that my managers are talking to underwriting almost daily to see we can look at a file and see what we information we got when it went through underwriting, yeah. but we're giving a lot of feedback and it's really nice for the adjusters. Think about you. I mean, I worked in a big company and I never talked to people in other departments, like the never. actuaries, yeah. the product team that, you know, we all talk and we all have a say because we're all trying running in the same direction. We're all trying to make this a successful company and the adjusters feel that as well. And they give feedback. We've made a lot of adjustments in our underwriting and in our risk appetite based on feedback from our adjusters or mm-hmm. they'll call in, you know, they'll get a claim. They're like, I know we shouldn't have insured this. So we send it, they know who to send it to, to look into, okay, what part of our system do we need to adjust to make sure these don't flow through, you know? And so, right. um, because that is, I think people have expectations of our claims being easy because selling a policy for openly is very easy. We have yeah. a really great, easy, uh, um, quoting tool, three pieces of information, pull a bunch of data in and it spits out like within 15 seconds, whether this is eligible for openly and what the cost would be. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I assume you've grown not just in your footprint, but in your PIF. Yeah substantially as well. Yes. 
very uh-huh. much, uh-huh. which is our claims volume is re- it's really hard for us to forecast claims. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> we, we're not in a steady state by any yeah, means, you know, you're not so, in a steady state, right? Yeah. So you know, one of the knocks on insure techs, and I'm going to call you guys an insure tech yeah. is that they maybe underwrite aggressively, which comes back to bite them. Have you guys tackled that or had or struggled with that? You want policies, you have to have policies, you have to get into the market. And of course, there's an important price sensitivity here. How's that gone? Talk about that a little bit. Where our feedback comes in, um, <laughs> where the partnership with all the different functions and we work together. I think we've had some growing pains, nothing disastrous. Our product team that built the product and continues to iterate on it and our underwriting, we continue to iterate to stop us. We start seeing something and we identify it and they start looking into it to see, okay, do we need to make a change? Was this a mistake? Okay. What, what did we miss here? So I don't think it's come back to bite us, but we're definitely cautious and all eyes are on it. We're all paying attention and we're all working together to make sure that if we see something, let's dive in. If, is this a trend? Is this something that could be a problem in the future? And do do we need to make changes? So our loss ratios, I would say it's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. You know, we're constantly doing things and really working towards improving it, but it's not out of hand. We don't have a 180 loss ratio or anything like that by any means. So. And those exist. They do Mm -hmm. exist. And at first it was, it was okay, but that, you know, it's a different world now, just two years later. Like our, our company has a particular interest in working for insurtechs and we work for several of them. And sometimes we've seen them, their appetite to create a large PIF has gotten, has come back to bite them. I think that everybody, and particularly in the financial environment that we're in today, is trying to tighten up very quickly. You know, it's a push-pull between we, we want to get a lot of policies and we don't want to write the wrong policy. And um, so let's talk about your team. Some of those people I've met. And I had some particular thoughts about your team after we met. And tell us about how you went about that. Because you you came in, there was three of you, right? Yeah. So how do you go from three to 50-some? I mean, you knew you needed like a claim director or whatever the titles are for the different things or a vendor manager or things like that. How, how did you find them? What were you looking for? To be honest, my entire leadership team is either people I've worked with in the past or referrals from people from very trusted resources. Um, but the majority of the people are people that I've I've worked with in the past over the years, whether it's um, people I train. I mean, some of them I've known almost 30 years that we worked together when we were babies, essentially. And, um, you know, we kind of grew up together. But I I thought felt when I first started, I mean, the people that I had were they were overseeing the TPA that they were there when I when I arrived. And um, so I knew I needed to bring in some people to help me build. You know, when I first started, I was like, oh, this will be easy. I get some people, I get some processes, get some technology. All's good. And then you start thinking, 
Okay. You've got to identify outline every process. You have to do a lot of diligence on the vendors, the technology, the claims management system, the estimating system, everything. And then, Oh wait, I don't have a big company behind me. So I'm now procurement. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) my friend was helping me. We'd go on walks in the morning and he would coach me on negotiating contracts. (laughs) And so we were just, we, I knew I needed somebody to really focus on process and vendors and somebody to help focus on people. And so we started with that. So I hired two people that both I'd worked with in the past. And, you know, we thought, well, the three of us can do this. Well, no, (laughs) No. (laughs) quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm not a superwoman like I thought I was. I need more help. And so I just started bringing on more and more, brought on a director of vendor management, brought on Dean on my team. He had all the people. Well, once we started getting some large losses, we realized these are super complex and super high dollar value. He can't do it all. So I added another director for kind of our daily claims and then one for complex claims because they are complex in our org. So we just kept, we are still evolving. We're probably going to reorg again shortly because as you grow, you have to keep changing or you have more options. So I, now I can, I'm almost big enough where I can start segmenting the claims outside of complex and non and regular everyday work. So my leadership team is 12 now. That's great. Yeah. And you know, I've got, we're just starting, we're finally starting to build a quality program and um, I've got trainers now and the managers aren't hiring, training and managing the, all the day-to-day operations. So we continue to evolve. You probably see, I have just, the team that we've built is just incredible from the processors all the way through to my directors. Um, and, and everybody likes, people are just happy. They want to be at work. They like working together. We all kind of have a history. A lot of us have a history together. And so it's very natural and easy. Yeah. And I mean, you guys are, you, you're on an adventure together. Mm -hmm. You're not coming into a system and continuing to work the system that's there. You don't know if tomorrow the system needs to change. That's, that's a dynamic, very dynamic. For, yeah. the insur- for the insurance claims business, which the tendency is let's not break anything, right? Yeah. And it sounds like you guys are breaking things all the time. Constantly. We, and that's the beauty of being so small. We test and learn quickly. We're like, this vendor sounds good. This technology sounds, let's try it. Let's do a proof of concept. If it doesn't work and our adjusters give us all the feedback we need, <laughs> they're very vocal and they want to be a part of it. They're like more of this, no more of that. And, and we listen to them. So they have a say they're, they're handling the claims every day, but they're helping us build the organization and our processes as well. But we can, you know, we, we like your technology or we like, we are interested in using you. We can turn somebody on in a couple of weeks yeah. And we can turn people off just as fast. So I want to talk just real quick about culture. I heard you speak on a panel led by Dr. Theresa Young at the Cord Logic Conference. Mm-hmm. And on that panel, I heard a lot of the other panelists talk about how they were changing their culture. Uh, we're doing this to change the culture. And you made a comment basically saying we're building our our culture we're building this we're we're nimble we're moving we're this is you know i don't have to worry about changing it 
we're building it and moving forward. And I want to talk to you about building a culture at your company. How do you go about building a culture at a fully remote company uh, that's just building their, their processes? What do you do? Is that something you think about? I do. And I don't have answers. Yeah, <laughs> so no, absolutely. Bringing the right people in with the right motivation and the right passion for the work mm-hmm. has made the difference because in the interviewing, we're looking for people that have that passion and for the customer and for innovation and curiosity. And one of our company core values is curiosity. And this is like that. what we do. And so my team is extremely diverse and that was not with any targets. It's just, we're hiring the best people with the best passion, the best skill set, And it has worked out beautifully because we, my leadership team is quite diverse. And so we, you know, we all believe that don't hire everyone that looks like you, feels like you, thinks like you. And mm-hmm. that is kind of how we work together is that we all have different points of view and we challenge each other regularly. And this is really at all levels of the company as well yeah. is that we just really, it's such extreme different points of view. It's very interesting. Like when you look at my team, we came from the big companies, you know, old school insurance, and then go to our technology side of the house. <laughs> By the way, we're the older folks in the team, you know, mm-hmm. we bring that company uh-huh. age average up. Yeah. Um, and we just, we all grew up in different times. We put our, started our careers at different times. So, you know, we were all doing everything manually and you sit in your role for several years before you get promoted. And it's a different world today. And our technology folks have a different mindset. And it's very interesting to hear what each other says and what's important to the different groups of of people. And we're trying to build a company culture that satisfies both. You know, like most of my team is like, they're in claims for a reason. They've been here their whole 20, 30 years. And that's what they love. They're not looking to advance in different areas where, you know, you have some of the younger generation and more innovative, more technology driven. And they're looking, they just have different things that are important to them. It's very, it's, um, it's a tough balance yeah. to have the different dynamics, but I, I think we're doing a good job in it. And it comes down to being open and being transparent. And we're very transparent in our company. I would think that it's a challenge to, uh, I mean, one, if, one of the reasons that we w- wanted to have you on was because you're building a claim department from, from essentially from nothing and uh, from the beginning. And which is just a fascinating one. I mean, there were, there were other people that got to do this, you know, 120 years ago when the incumbent insurers came into being, right? There was no claim department there. So it's really kind of second gen, third gen, whatever you want to consider it. But one of the things that's interesting to me is, is that like you're saying, like those of us who've been in the industry in the claim side for a long time, Lee has myself, yourself, long time. How do you keep yourself from saying, not consciously, maybe unconsciously, how do you stay innovative when you know that you know what works? I mean, how how do you handle that push pull? That's where 
my leadership team, we talk every day because this is what we do. We check each other. Why are we doing this? Is it because we've always done it this way? How can we think about things differently? And we are constant. I mean, right now we're dealing with a lot of claims and we're like, let's think about this differently. What can we do? Push ourselves and someone will start with an idea and then the next person spitballs. And next thing you know, in an hour, you've got a whole new process and we're like, let's try this vendor. Let's do it now. I mean, we brought a vendor on two weeks ago that we met at PLRB and we were interested in using them. Well, we had to expedite that and we started using them within days, within probably wow. 48 hours. Wow. Um, and it really helped our process, but we have to do this all the time of why are we doing this? Why are we stuck this way? Nope. Do we have to, is this a regulatory issue or is this something that was legacy that we brought with ourselves? So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a lot of checks and balances, but we also all came here. We learned a lot and we understand a lot from our prior roles, but we also learned a lot of what doesn't work or where things backfire. So I don't know if you want to talk about this, but performance. So individual adjuster performance, you know, every insurance company, every claims department, what are you, you're rated on how many, how, what's your productivity, what's your customer service, mm -hmm. what's your cycle time and what's your quality scores. So we started thinking that way. And then we started thinking, we don't have a whole performance management system yet. We don't even have individual performance reviews yet. And so I was watching, I'm watching my team and people are just helping each other. And there was an, you know, a customer, a claim's gone sideways. So somebody else picks it up and fixes it and doesn't worry about what's that's going to do for their productivity. Cause now I spent a whole day fixing a claim, you know, taking care of this customer. And I, you know, somebody's out sick and people are like, I got their claims and just start working. And I was watching this teamwork and this, everybody's really focused on the customer and doing the right thing because they weren't worried about metrics, their individual yeah. metrics. So I don't have them. And I, everything is behavior based and what are your behaviors? How are you helping the team? Where's your integrity and how are you impacting our overall results? What was your impact for this behavior? What was your impact on them? You might not have the highest productivity, but we give you the messiest claims or the largest claims uh -huh. or, right. and so uh -huh. that's something that we really have been pushing and really came aligned on and have been, and just not doing it differently. That's so great. So hearing all this and listening to all this makes me think, what's your job? <laughs> because it's both technical, but more it's you're leading something, right? So tell us now that you've been in this for two years today, mm -hmm. what do you see yeah. as your job being in this formative time that you're in? Yes. So my role has multiple facets, I would say, you know, there, are, there, are, I have a, a duty to the company, you know, and I work on a lot of bigger company strategic projects and sometimes helping with reinsurance or investors. That's a small piece, but I have, I'm able to do that because I have a really strong team running the every day. 
I try to keep them, <laughs> try to keep, make sure that we're doing the things we need to be doing, but try to give the team the freedom to develop, build, innovate, and handle the day to day. But then there's days where I'm in the weeds as well, because that's what we need. Cause we're still pretty lean and trim. And when you, you get some big catastrophes and right. You, right. you all, everyone has to roll up their sleeves, but mm-hmm. I'm really just trying to help with developing the team, you know, helping promote the company, promote openly claims, working with vendors and keep building those relationships. So we have strong partnerships because, as you know, we're a small company. We don't have a lot of buying power yet. So when we have catastrophes, we don't want to go to the bottom of the list because we're not, they're not going to make as much money, whether it's an independent adjuster, contractor, water mitigation services. And so we spend myself and my um, director of vendor management spend a lot of time talking to vendors and building relationships as well um, and seeing how we can help each other. So I, I kind of wear several hats, but at the end of the day, I'm also a claims person. And, you know, I, I have that empathy of what the team is dealing with every day and trying to find ways to make their jobs easier is probably the number one thing I focus on is how do I make my team's job easier so they can do more and take care of our customers. Very nice. It's a fascinating opportunity that really, when you consider the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who our claims professionals, only a very few get to have the experience that you're having. It's a yes. really incredible privilege. It really is. I mean, it's, uh, I'm envious. <laughs> I was a co-founder of a independent adjusting company, not on the technical side, right? I was on the sales and relationship side, but to get to build something from the ground up is really exciting. So I have, uh, I have, you know, a lot of uh, empathy for both the excitement of it and the late night, 2 a.m., I can't sleep. Yes. <laughs> moments as well. Mm-hmm. Right? I do have my share of those. Um, uh-huh. You know, oh, I got this idea. More of less about worry and more about what else can I be doing? And but I, I um, definitely have that. Um, but it is a blast. It has just been I mean, I've been here two years now and I feel like 20 because we get so much done in any given week Uh that things just move quickly and you really feel that you're making an impact every single day. And you know what? We need to have you come back on your fourth anniversary. Gladly. Because I bet you'll laugh at some of the things you said today. Right. (laughs) And you'll also probably say that was exactly right. Spot on. Spot on. Right. I hope so. (laughs) This has been exciting and wonderful. I mean, uh, you're like a founder, right? You're like a founder. And, uh, and, and, and of course we have to mention your co-founders who are also, uh, smart, uh, terrific, insightful leaders, um, in their own right. So, uh, that's very true. If I'm not mistaken, another pretty sure Ty has, a PhD from MIT as well. (laughs) Another smart one. It can surround yourself with the smart people. I mean, yeah. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Have a great vacation. 
Thank you. And um, happy uh, to your anniversary. Come see us again. Thank you. I absolutely will. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. You know, I was struck, and like I said on the podcast, that there's only a handful of people that have gotten to build a claims department, right? Yeah, not very many. At an insurance company. I mean, yeah. we got to build a claim department in the old days, but um, uh, to to do it at a carrier, I mean, you only get you only do it once. You might yeah. change you might change the claim department. You might amend it. You might alter it. But to start from zero and build it up, that's, that's I do like I do like what she you know she comes Charlie from Charlie Wedlin. That's yeah, another one. yeah, she comes from these these giant companies. And I like how she says, hey, we do these things, but yet we always stop and say, why are we doing it? Why are, are we, we doing, doing it? it? Because that's the way we always did it, or is there a better mm-hmm. way? But it's 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 mm-hmm. smart to understand that the big guys are doing a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. And and you can't just say, we're not going to do it the way they do it, because they mm-hmm. are doing a lot of things right. But yet she's mm-hmm. able to stop and say, is there a better way? Mm-hmm. Is there something different we could do? So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I, I really enjoyed having the conversation with her. Openly has been on our podcast three times. It's an interesting company to to follow. Mm-hmm. And um, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank Gina Reyes for making the time to be with us at a busy time in her life. Yeah. And we thank all you as always, for being with us. And thanks to our intrepid production team for making this happen. And thanks to Alacrity for supporting it. And thank you, Lee Boyd. Thank you, Rob Beller. For giving us a little piece of your garage. That's right. Just a small corner. Just a small corner of your garage as the FNO Waco Studio. That's right. I've actually Uh really enjoyed it. Today was a little hard because the trash truck drove by right in front of the window <laughs> and I could just see the, the trash being, you know, I was completely distracted, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, we'll say what we always say. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>